Welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we have a ton to talk about about the new announced update coming ashes of wind as well as hit registration accessibility streamers strife all that and more in this week's episode of keel hauled podcast first up on today's docket we got our new sea of thieves news video this week where we found out about the next update coming this wednesday and that's going to be ashen winds so we heard from joe andy and james uh to talk about some of the different topics that they wanted to make sure were covered before this update comes out now we don't know a lot about this update uh i'm assuming that based on some of the stuff that andy talked about that we're going to be dealing with ashen lords and probably some fire probably for sure definitely fire but i'll get into that later the first topic was with joe neat coming on to talk more about uh hit registration this is a topic that a lot of people have uh brought up in the past that is a continuing work in progress for rare and joe wanted to come out to try and address some of the concerns that they've had recently uh about what they're doing to try and improve that and some of the, the improvements that they have made so joe talked a lot about how they have a dedicated team working on hit registration as well as making sure to let people know that if you were noticing hit registration is issues issues i don't know issues make sure you uh, reach out to see a thieves support on twitter or go to see thieves.com i'm going to see if i can drudge up the actual uh support ticket uh url so i can toss that into the show notes for you uh make sure that you're going onto the forums as well or just hit them up on instagram or twitter with a video or a clip tag them and say hey I shot this guy. You can see I shot this guy, but it didn't register because he should have been dead. So if you give them more evidence, they can uh, look into it and see what's going on and see if it's something that they can fix, because that's obviously uh, something that we want to make sure is working properly in the game. So the more uh, examples, I should say, um, or, or experiences that you run into, obviously, I don't want anyone to have to run into this issue. But if it is something that you do run into, better that you document it and let Rare know about it. So that way they can continue to work on it. Uh, one thing that Joe did talk about that I think was very interesting was something that has been uh, a really hot topic on the insider forums. Now, obviously, because the forums are under NDA, I can't bring any questions out of what was said but the end result is clear joe and the rest of the team at rare believe that the ability to shoot someone through the floor or ceiling of a ship or through a wall uh is is not an intended uh part of the game he goes into talking about how this is something that a lot of skilled players uh will have to work around to not be able to shoot someone through a floor this in my mind is something that uh, a lot of people that know about it tend to abuse it um, a lot of people that don't know about it are left questioning why they died and obviously if you don't understand why you died then there's no growth that can be uh, gained from that encounter and that is an inhibitant to the game getting better that is it is preventing people from learning from something that happens so they can get better at the game and if you don't know what's going on or what's happening because it's an unintended it's an un or an uncommunicated result then it's hard for you to to be able to anticipate that when you're dealing with other people being able to kill someone from the top of your deck who when they ran below and you kill them with a blunderbuss that doesn't make sense now obviously people are going to say that it's a bullet it should be able to go through wood but this is a game we're trying to build something that it makes sense for people to to work out so if you know why you died then you're not gonna have to worry about it so they're taking this out of the game they're fixing it so you should be protected if you're hiding underneath a deck or if you're hiding behind a wall or a pillar or a mast you shouldn't be able to be killed as a result if you are again 
this kind of goes back to that hit registration thing that I just said. Make sure that you document that. Make sure that you are letting Rare know about that because it's important that they see this so they can continue to work on this system because it's it's the main way that we kill people outside of uh, swords or bombs. Uh, I, I don't get too many people that get killed off of cannons, but it's definitely still a thing. Needless to say, guns are a very integral part of the, the PvP aspect of the game. I want it to be in the best state possible so that it's very reliable so that if I kill someone, I know I killed them and it wasn't just a hiccup with the game or I don't run out of ammo because for whatever reason they were on a ladder and the the amount of times that I shot them on the ladder didn't register the actual hit. So it's going to improve PvP. It's going to help inform people uh, about why they died as opposed to just not knowing because from for the, the moment when you kill someone, you now have the ghost. So you can actually see if someone was behind you, uh, if say they, they blundered you from behind. Now, if they were above deck and they blundered you and you died, you can see your ghost go up. There's no one around you. You're trying to figure out like what's going on. Not intended. So Rare's taking that out. And this was something that was a lot of people were arguing about because they they liked being able to do this. I'm sorry. That's too bad. You're just going to have to live with it like the rest of us who didn't abuse it. Um, so I have an interview lined up. Uh, I got to talk to Chris Marlowe. Uh, I need to edit it. I've been very busy lately. Unfortunately, work's been pretty hectic and the time that I have spent on other stuff I've been doing with community members. So I haven't had a lot of free time to sit down and and edit together an interview uh, where I knew I wasn't going to get it out. Um, I've been I've been effectively trying to do two episodes a week, so it's kind of tough. Uh, but when I get that actually edited, if that gets approved, um, there's some good commentary about the the line being drawn between what is considered an exploit by Rare and what is considered uh, good to go as far as like an unintended consequence of programming. So say like wall banging. For what it is, not going to be something they want to do. Sword lunges, however, they're okay with. So it's, uh, or sword lunge jumping, I should say, for those that aren't aware. If you hold block and then you hold down the lunge for your sword and jump at the end of the lunge, you can actually launch yourself pretty far forward. That's something that a lot of people know about, but if you just started, maybe you didn't. So hopefully that helps you. Uh, it, it also goes in line with the double dig. So say like you you can't uh, animation cancel by stowing and in equipping your shovel while you're digging. You can double tap B or X. Uh, depending on or B if you're on controller X if you're on keyboard and you can cancel the animation for digging effectively allowing you to double dig uh, or dig at twice the speed. So things like that. It, it just depends. Rare's analyzing each one on a case-by-case -case basis to see whether or not they think it's intended and if it's fair. And if it's fair, then they're going to let it go. If it's not fair, then they want to make sure that they fix that. So it's nice to see that Rare is, is still putting a lot of effort into making sure that things like these uh, get addressed on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, loot sprinting is another one that I would like them to maybe take another look at because I, it seems like they're okay with it. But it, it's one of those things like I see that as uh, something that frees a person from being able to um, attack uh, when, when you're holding a piece of, or when you're holding loot, you, you generally are not able to drop your, your, well, I don't want to get into that because it, it's going to have arguments, but es essentially I don't like the fact that you can loot sprint stuff. Um, a lot of people do it. I understand it's not something that's easy for everyone. So I would rather it not be in the game, but that's just my opinion. Moving on. Um, I did want to address the, the next item on the docket, but after that, uh, or actually before that, I'm going to take a quick little break to drink some coffee, have a little bit of mint chocolate chip ice cream, and I'll be right back. Alrighty, next item on the, oh man, I gotta say mint chocolate chip ice cream is amazing. I kept looking at it getting all melty and I just felt bad. So I just had to have some, but anyway, on to the next topic for this week's episode. Um, we found out that Ashen Winds is the next Sea of Thieves update that is coming this Wednesday. I would imagine we're on that natural cadence of content coming out on Wednesdays on the second or third week. It could be argued whether or not 
this is the second or third week or the third or fourth week, I guess, of July. But for whatever it's worth, uh, we're going to be getting Ashen Winds. And it looks like now I, I, I don't know. We have to wait and see if it's confirmed. But this last update has been uh, all about Captain Flameheart using the Sea of Damned to summon fleets into our world. It looks like this was biding time for him to finish creating Ashen Lords. Now, this is something that we had a feeling was coming. Uh, if you've gone through the Heart of Fire, you already know the outcome. If you haven't, then I highly recommend it. And spoiler alert, uh, if you've been listening to this and you haven't even caught the, the spoiler to that, but um, skip forward 30 seconds because at the end of Flames uh, or at the end of Heart of Fire, you basically have uh, you get to the end and there's the chest of rage there. It's the one that belongs to uh, Captain um, Pendragon and his crew. And Jim sticks his hand in it, screws something up or gets cursed or whatever. It's hard to know what's going to happen there. And he runs off. But now we have Ashen Lords getting into the game. Uh, the Curse of Flame, um, which I think is what it's called. I, I'd have to go back and double check on that. But um, yeah, the, the curse that you get at the end of that tall tale is awesome and definitely makes me feel like we are uh, getting a little too close, just like with the Gold Hoarder curse, to that Ashen Lord aspect that I don't know how far we want to let that that kind of tease our, our pirates into uh, becoming. So with ashen winds uh i'm expecting we're going to be getting ashen lords and andy preston went on during the sea of thieves news video to talk about the uh ashen what was it the ashen winds skull which is quite a mouthful so i'm just going to call it the aw skull for now uh or the ashen skull i think ashen skull is better yeah i think ashen skull is better so we'll go with ashen skull this thing is insane because it's the first time I think, well, I no, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna check myself on that. I'm not gonna say the first time, but this is the first skull that you can sell that depletes in value based on how power hungry you are. So if you haven't seen the video, I would highly recommend it. It's pretty quick. And they show you the Ashen Skull being a flamethrower, which is kind of crazy. It's an actual flamethrower. So if you went and did Heart of Fire, you saw the flame jets. This skull can mimic those flame jets, but there's fuel inside, which I don't know how that works. It's magic. So, you know, go figure. But there's magic fuel inside that determines how long it can go and or not how long it can go, but how long it can go for. So there's a, a duration on it, a set amount of flame that you can get from this skull. And Andy went out to talk about how you can use this for just about anything that you can do damage to. So he, he explained that skeletons, uh, pirates, and ships were the three examples that they gave of things that you can damage with the uh, Ashen's skull. I would actually extend that. I'm willing to bet that this thing will work on mermaid statues, on snakes, on crooks mass, or crooked masts. And while I, I can't say for sure... I will have to wait until Wednesday before I get a chance to get one of these and I can lay purge to the island uh, from the from the seas and, and we can finally be rid of it. We'll we'll nuke it with uh, powder kegs and mega kegs and take torches to it and scour the entire island until it's nothing but burnt rubble and then we'll be done with it. You know, then we'll we'll have uh, a whole new island, a flatter island, an island with fewer snakes and skeletons and spawning of Captain Morrow. And I can finally go there and not have to worry about all that stuff that just continues to really annoy me every time I go there. Sorry. I should probably have some more ice cream. Hold on. Okay, I'm really excited about using flamethrowers on other people as well as other things in Sea of Thieves that I'm really... Okay, 
So apparently, the more you use this, the less value it has, which is kind of an interesting take on an item. So now you have an opportunity to either earn the most for turning it in right away or having some fun with it. And I can imagine a lot of people are probably going to have fun with this right off the gate. So we're probably not going to get the most value from it right from the get go. A lot of people are going to accidentally probably let it go. And I wonder if there's going to be a way that flame is or that uh, flame heart. That's not what I wanted to say. If rare is going to find a way to communicate this uh, via like a voice line. I think it would be really nice if someone had you go out to do a quest and told you like, bring this back to me in pristine condition and I will give you a handsome reward for it. And I'm sure you'll get there and you'll bring it back and they'll look at it and hopefully they'll have a little bit of dialogue that says, nah, I see this is the first time you're bringing this to me. This has no magic in it. It's worthless. But I guess you still want something. So here's 10 coin for your troubles, I guess. And allow people to, to build up that knowledge. It's like, oh, oh, they, they said something about that. I should probably pay better attention to how I treat this thing if I want to make more off of it and kind of build in that natural like uh, uh information I guess build in that information naturally so that it's kind of learned uh I don't know I, I maybe I'm just kind of on a kick about playing games recently that don't communicate information at all and have no clue how these actually go and, and finding out from other people who've just been playing the game for a long time to tell me these things so that I don't waste three years of my life spending money on Destiny 2 only to just now find out how to play it. That's another story. So this is going to be the reward for killing Ashen Lords or what I assume will be Ashen Lords in the update. And as we get closer and closer, I'm interested to find out if you all plan on actually using this thing or if you plan on turning it in for more gold. Like is gold a, a thing that you are worried about right now? And do you care if you're going to have this turned in for a certain amount or a little bit of amount? I also want to know what the bounty on this is going to, or the bounty, I don't know if that's the right word I'm looking for, but if the value for this is going to be better based on like a level five order of souls or a level five reapers, uh, when you, when you use the emissary system. And that kind of brings me to the next topic, which is actually some feedback from you guys. Uh, so I reached out to you guys and I'm, you know, I'm going to hold off on the rest of the video for now because I wanted to actually dive into this uh, with, with the feedback that I got from last week's episode. And thanks to those that reached out to me, uh, I'm going to read some of the feedback that I got for the last question, which kind of dealt with emissaries in general. Um, you know, a lot of people kind of talked about uh, some I asked basically, are you still using them? Do you like them? What about dailies? What about events? Things like that. So Mina Ferry uh, reached out and she said that she listened to last week there to, to the week's episode last week's episode and her thoughts on emissaries, dailies and events uh, emissaries. I only really get to work on uh, them at at the weekend. I've managed to be in the top section for most of it uh, the last few times. We'll see if I've managed it this time as we get closer uh, to the time where it actually resets. Um, dailies, I don't look at these. I don't know what they are. This is mostly because I miss most of them, so I've decided not to bother with them. If I get one, the rare time I do manage to sail, it's an added bonus. And events, I did manage to get the things done last month. I ignored the shark one due to a lack of time. I don't even know what was involved with it. Hopefully, I'll be able to do more things about a about or at a later date. Uh, but it'll at least be a month before I have some extra free time. And I think that's okay, honestly. Because uh, as I think about it, you know, the events, they're, they're nice if they have them. If they have a cosmetic, that's even better incentive to do them. But if you miss them, then it's not the worst thing in the world because they're just kind of a way to earn a little bit more gold. And thinking about it from that perspective actually made me feel a bit better about people having them or not having them or not caring about them. But it's kind of nice that they... Uh, that they have them at least. Uh, Flaco write in or wrote in over at the the Keel Hall Discord. Which, by the way, guys, if you haven't joined the Keel Hall Discord, 
I love it there. It's my my uh, favorite Discord, definitely. And that's not just because I'm the owner, but because of the people that are there and the conversations that are had. We've had a lot of good uh, I can't talk right now. We've had a lot of really good conversations lately about a lot of things going on in the community, which I'll, I'll touch on a little bit later in the episode. But it's nice to have a place where everyone can kind of drop in, pick up pirates for sailing, talk about other games as well. There's been a lot of discussion going on about uh, Series X and what's going to happen with that and and different Nintendo games uh, like Paper Mario, things like that. So definitely in the show notes, you're going to find links to the Discord. I would highly recommend you all join up and spend some time there. Get social, uh, especially if you want pirates to sail around with. There's uh, good folks in there. Uh, but getting back to the feedback, Flocko wrote in and says, I'm, I'm just going to say my piece about emissaries. I love them. I love to get a galley with my crew and do an Ash and Athena with Athena emissary and make 17k on the chest alone. We tried to do one on Tuesday, but didn't get the double money, which was weird. We also did one on a Thursday, and it must have been the gold rush because uh, the chest gave us 26K. I didn't know it went for that much. That's awesome. That's basically a Reaper's uh, chest right there. That that 20, because I think it's only 20K right now. It could be 20, 25. I can't quite remember for some reason. And just today, I did a ghost ship battle with Order of Souls Emissary and hit grade five and would have done the voyage, but had to go. That turned out a little long, uh, and I kind of went into events, but I love the emissaries and events uh, are something I'd rather have them. Oh, wait, wait, wait. But I love emissaries and events are something I'd rather have them not do. I think new players uh, need to learn about emissaries, though, because that's a bit of a loss there. So essentially kind of on the same page uh events take it or leave it emissaries awesome and i think i just want people to have more incentive outside of gold uh and reputation to do emissaries i think once people hit max rep and have a ton of gold uh emissaries will need another uh stimulus to try and garner people's attention to, to try and get them involved in it so hopefully that's something that will come in the future it's hard to know. But one thing I did see in the Discord was uh, we kind of made a quick game for the Kings of the Fish Discord or uh, Kings of the Fish tournament. Um, or, or not, uh, we didn't make an event. We got a team of us who are looking to join up on the next king of fish event so i'm gonna i'm gonna dive into that when i get a chance because uh i i love that it was a really good time and i i think a lot of people really should give it a chance to take a look at um what's going on with that because it, it was just it's a weird thing but i for some reason i, I actually really liked it um so yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of any of the, no, I think that was the feedback that I got. So I'm going to leave it there and uh, take a quick break, eat some more ice cream, and I will be right back with the rest of the video. Are you an avid player of the Elder Scrolls Online and looking to take your game to that next level? Well, the Red Diamond Courier Podcast is here to help. I'm Bob Chichinsky. And I'm Dogbark24. We are two experienced players aiming to help others learn and improve through in-game knowledge and references. From PvE. To PvP. And everything in between. There's sure to be something for you in the Red Diamond Courier. We, we hope, hope you, you check, check us, us out. out. Thanks. Thanks! Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. All right, pirates. So the last 
thing that was brought up on the video deals with accessibility, something I touched on in last week's episode. And we got some good news for those looking to have some more expanded features geared towards accessibility. And I pinged James about this on Twitter after this video came out and uh, wanted him to listen to this last week's episode where we touched on some of the conversation points that I and Sightless Combat had about what it would or what would make it easier for him to play because it's a, a big thing that I'm I'm kind of pushing is to have people with visual impairment to be able to play the game uh easier. And I think some of the things that are coming out this week might actually help out with that. So one thing that is coming is to be able to have uh, one-handed um, ability to play with a controller. So you can choose the left or right stick in the accessibility options to make it so that you can play with the left or the right hand. I think that's going to help out uh, with, with some things. I'm really curious to know uh, how in, in the Keelhauled community, we have the lady uh, Ursula or lovely lady Ursula, and she's a, a real gem. And she plays with one hand due to medical conditions, which I will not talk about on here because it's not my place. But I did want to see her feedback after this update comes out. I'd, I'd love to hear from her if she wants to try it and to, to give a little bit of uh, insight as to how it feels, what could be fixed, um, does it work for her, things like that to to kind of see like if it's, if it's feasible and feels comfortable to be able to play that way. Um, so with, uh, with that, they're also bringing in two new features uh, to accessibility. The first one is auto center for camera, which so say if you if you're playing on Xbox, you already kind of understand how this is, because whenever you go to adjust the sails, whether it's raising them or uh, adjusting them, your camera you can tilt it up but it'll always center back on the on on the main horizon and that that is now a feature that is going to be turned on in accessibilities if you'd like it's not something that's default but it will be something that you can turn on so say if you rotate your joystick up it will always pop back down to uh the 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 base line sight. I don't know how to say that, whatever, however you guys would normally say that. Um, so having you be able to, to have that set on the zero horizon will hopefully make it easier to, um, uh, uh, grab things. So say you're walking and you, you hit the right joystick or you hit the joystick and you look up and you're, you're hoping that you can grab a cannon or grab an anchor or grab an item from someone else or pick up a piece of treasure. Then hopefully this will allow you to do that because your camera won't be looking up into the sky or down in the into the floor it'll always be center and the other one that's coming is uh auto float which it may seem weird for you to want to put in a feature that allows you to float up if you fall into the water but if you can only play with one hand or you have visual impairments or whatever multitude of reasons prevents you from making that an easy task. There's now a future or a feature in the game that will come with this update that will float you back up to the set to the level or back up to the uh the 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 top of the water now this is obviously going to be something that you can negate if you're actively swimming down into a shipwreck i would imagine or if you're heading down somewhere but if you stop moving forward or backward uh i would imagine that it will automatically start trying to send you back up to the top of the the water so these are just some of the things that I think are coming to help try and improve uh, people's ability to navigate a space with limited capacity. Um, not in a way that I'm trying to make that I'm not trying to say that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that that these are, are a thing that are going to hopefully help people where it helps. And if it doesn't, then you don't have to worry about turning it on, but at least there's an option there. And if you've listened to the podcast for a long time, you know, I'm all about options. I'm all about trying to give people different things they can do to help improve, uh, the, the, the opportunity for them to play the game. Now, if it's something that, that punishes someone else, uh, a little less, little less okay with that because it's not fair and I'm trying to bring fairness to the situation. So the one thing that I do want to say though is when I was watching the video I noticed there was a glaring spelling error in the options. It, it said 
And God, you know, I feel really bad for whoever has to build the UI for this because they they said auto center and it said center like S-E-N-T-R-E, which we all know is how you say century, but not center. It's it's S-C-E-N-T-E-R. So I I feel really bad, you know, C-E-N-T-R-E. I, I don't know how that got past the the auto check for spelling but oh man must be tough being british uh anyway moving on to the the kind of summation of this video it was really nice to to get this it was a nice uh kind of bit of information going into the update um i'm looking forward to ashen winds i'd like to see how it plays out how uh it pushes the lore forward because we really haven't had a whole lot lore wise outside of just I don't know, a big head in the sky telling us that they're really angry and then getting really upset when we we smash their toys and then having them retreat for, you know, a certain amount of time and going back to our normal, normally scheduled Krakens, Megalodons and uh, skeleton ship trifecta. So uh, I hope you guys are enjoying the ghost fleets. I, I've really been enjoying them. Um, I haven't really felt like playing recently, though, and that's kind of because there's been some some streamer strife and i'm not trying to make light of this in any sense uh but i am kind of moving on from the video right now um again this is a a tough situation for me to dive into um because in one aspect of it i don't really have all the information but i am empathetic to the people involved who have been hurt by this so if you're not aware but you you're familiar with the twitch directory of typical sea of thieves streamers uh you're probably aware of some of the different people that are involved with this um i'm going to refrain from bringing up names because i don't want to draw attention to this but the information is out there and if you know about it then you're already in the know and i just want to say that i feel like uh, there were, so basically there were bands that went out for people who were harassing. And most of the time when people, when a, a large number of people get banned, they get really upset because they don't know why they got banned. Or if they do know why they got banned, they're upset that they got caught because they were harassing and they may not feel like they were harassing, which unfortunately is, is part of the problem here is when people don't know that they're harassing someone they don't think it's harassment and until they kind of get it shoved in their face with a ban that they got banned for harassing people then that's kind of the situation you run into with uh the streamers right now there's been documented uh harassment involving one of the twitch streamers um who's a sea of thieves partner by another sea of thieves partners crewmates and they've been banned. Um, I don't know the full extent of what was going on with that. I know what was being said by it. And I just want to say that this kind of goes back to the code, which is something that was made by the community, approved by Rare, and should be upheld. Um, I'm not going to get into any of the, the stuff that deals with what Rare's response was, what they did, or how it affected people, because honestly, I just don't have the information, and it's not for me to say anything good or bad about it. I, I think what happened sucks, because it always does in these situations. No one ever comes out of this on on the happy side uh but hopefully actions will speak louder than words and hopefully there's change in the future um to those that were involved with people harassing others you're probably not listening to this podcast but if you are i would ask you to please take a long hard look at the people that you have around you because you the, i believe the saying goes and i'm probably para, i'm paraphrasing at best but i'm pretty sure it goes something to the effect of you get the community you deserve and i've been very fortunate that the people that follow me the people that surround me and are in my community are much higher caliber than i am and i could not I could not ask for a better community in the Kill Hulk community. I love you guys. I really do. Uh, but that being said, 
that that I don't think that everyone who has the community that they have is really taking a good hard look at how they are representing themselves. There is a very good reason why I try to make this podcast as family friendly as possible. And it's not because I think kids are listening to this. It's because I think parents are listening to this with kids around. And uh, I do want to try and make content that is uh, something that can be listened to on a speaker when people won't have to sit there and worry, is something going to be said that is going to impact uh, how my kids act or how you, how, how their kids act. I don't have kids. I have cats and they, they act regardless of what I do. So it doesn't matter how I influence them. But with, with your community, if you're streaming on Twitch, um, I do want to say that a lot of folks have moved over from Mixer. And one of the things that was recently added to the terms of service in the legal agreement that you have when you start up a Twitch channel is they ask you to basically govern your community. You should be making a good example and you should be following the community guidelines to not have things like harassment by yourself or harassment by your community. Now, a lot of people are going to say, well, how am I supposed to, how am I supposed to control my community? Well, you control them by being an influence, by being a positive role model. That's the whole basis for the Xbox ambassador program that I was talking about last week, which I still press on you. Head over to Xbox Ambassadors. It's free to sign up. You don't have to be a content creator. You just have to be a beacon out there for people to see and say like, oh, that person's a good person and they're an Xbox ambassador. Obviously, they're trying to make the gaming community a better place with less toxicity. And honestly, I'm cool with that. If you feel like, you know, telling people to do such and such or, you know, get bent, whatever you want to say, uh, that, you know, obviously I'm not going to repeat on this podcast, but I'm sure you can come up with a couple things in your mind that people probably would take offense to. So if you're one of the, the, the people that are doing that, like that is not what you should be doing. Like that's not, you're, you're not impacting anyone. You're not, you're not sticking it to them. You're just saying words and it probably doesn't affect them one way or the other, but they have every reason to report you for being toxic. So I don't get how people can throw away an account uh, that you spent money on. Like I spend money. I can't imagine if I lost my Blizzard account, if I lost all the games and the time that I spent on all those, those, uh, on, on, uh, all the, all those games on that, on that account, I can't imagine how bad I would feel for wasting that money for just tossing it out. Like it's no big deal. And, and similarly with uh, Microsoft, like I can't imagine losing my Microsoft account and feeling like an idiot or my Steam account for feeling like an idiot for spending all that money just to have it banned because I wanted to get to the, the last word on someone on a, a multiplayer game who I have no clue who they are, but I wanted to say something that that stuck it to him, you know, like, ah, I showed you I, I told you to get bent and you sh you went off to the ferry and I lost my account because I couldn't control my emotions. And I'm not saying you should control your emotions, but I'm saying that you should have a little more consideration, a little more empathy, a little less uh, sociopath in your system when you go log online to a multiplayer game because you don't know who you're going to come across on the seas. And I definitely felt a little bad when I sunk that that dad and son sloop uh, when I was sailing with Thor von Blitz, I, I do, I wanted those, God, oh, man. Yeah. I wanted the, I wanted the, 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 oh, I can't think of what they're called. What are those, uh, screecher balls called from, uh, flame hearts thing? The, the big screamy ones, uh, the howlers. I just, I don't know. I call them howlers in my head. I don't know what they're called, but yeah. Anytime I, I, I get some of those, I want to go shoot some ship. It doesn't matter what ship it is. I'm sorry, but I just want to shoot the ship because I want the credit and, and rare's the one that made me want to get the credit. So I apologize in advance, but getting down to it, everything that happened has really put me in a, in a rough mood for Sea of Thieves. I really haven't wanted to, I haven't wanted to play it for the first time. And that sucks. It really does. It really sucks because I don't feel like uh, I don't feel like what happened was resolved in 
the way that one party wanted it to be resolved in. And that's a bummer because uh, if if what happened happened with the bands and that didn't impact anything, nothing changed, no one, everyone just made a new alt account and started sailing again, then what good was the ban? Because it didn't actually do the thing that it was meant to do, which was to get that person out of the community and off the game. So if they're able to still play the game, then their their toxicity is still left unchecked until more evidence is captured and presented to, to have banned. So it's just it's it's left me in a place where I'm I've been taking a huge break from Sea of Thieves. I haven't played this week. And that's it's the first week, even even back in what was it, 2018, when uh the 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 what was it, the gunpowder keg skeleton event was going in July, and I just moved and I didn't have internet for eleven days and I hated life because I was literally tethering my phone to my computer so that I could try and get some of the skeleton accommodations done back when they were time limited and you couldn't do anything about uh not earning them afterwards. Like this is the first week I haven't played Sea of Thieves all week. And uh, maybe I did play a little bit. I think it was on Insiders. I don't really count that, though. I haven't gone sailing with anyone all week, and it's felt bad. I've been playing other games, which is which is nice. But, you know, when something like this hits me so hard because I feel so close to the devs and I'm, and I'm looking at them at friend, as friends and wondering, like, what's going on? Like, why isn't this getting fixed? the way it should get fixed or the way I think it should get fixed. And I look at my friends who are streamers and I'm like, you don't deserve this. You shouldn't have to deal with this. You shouldn't have to put up with this. And I, and I can't believe that you're the one that has to come out to, to show the community like this isn't cool. So it's, it's been rough. I've talked to a lot of people over the last week to try and kind of get their gear gauge on it. And they've got my gauge on it. And I've had some good conversations with friends and a lot of us have kind of come to the conclusion that we're just not in the mood to play Sea of Thieves because all of this, and it sucks. So I'm hoping that with Ashen Winds, I'll be able to take a moment to kind of remember that I, I love the game. I love the devs. I love the streamers that I that I spend time with and I want to enjoy the game. And I hope that the people that are uh rating the streamer that came out about the harassment, I hope that they go away. I hope they leave them alone. I hope that they're able to enjoy their life without fearing that they're going to get doxxed. Like seriously, people you got too much time on your hands if that's what you're if that's what you're doing. And the funny thing is is I don't really need to really talk about this on this podcast because I honestly don't think that any of those people are actually listening to this. And if you are, please delete this episode and unsubscribe cuz not cool. Like not cool. You think you're cool? It's not cool. Sorry. I I don't know what to tell you other than it's not cool. Stop it. So, I'm hoping with Ashen Winds, I'll get back on the horse. I'll, uh, well, not, not the horse. I'll get back on the ship. I guess that's a better, better analogy. I'll get back on the ship. I'll get out there. I'll have some fun. I want to spend some time with the community members. I had uh, a member of, of, of ours, um, drop into the, or, or drop into, um, the discord and reach out to me and, uh, grumpy monkey, uh, or I think it's monkey. I don't know. M O N K E. It sounds like grumpy, grumpy monkey to me. I, I think it's funny that way, but anyway, he, he reached out to me and wanted to, uh, get a chance to actually play with him and his brothers. Um, I'm hoping to, to get a chance to do that. Unfortunately, this weekend I had already made, uh, a, a promise to Kylia that I'd play some, uh, destiny too. Cause she's the one that's kind of been escorting me through explaining how the game is played. So I'm hoping to get a chance to play with some of the folks from the keel hall community for this update. Cause I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I want to know the rare uh, or what rare has done to kind of introduce some of the the lore that's coming out with this um but this isn't even the 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 main thing that i wanted to well it is kind of the main thing that i wanted to get into but i've already talked a lot about this already so i'm gonna cut it off here uh have some more oh god it's so melted i gotta finish this ice cream i'll be right back back in the wider world sea dog vice leader Amaranta was deeply in love with Lady Juliana. 
who was both beautiful and politically well-connected. Though Amaranta truly loved her, there was also the benefit of having a royal in her bedchamber to consider. However, Juliana was lukewarm about the relationship at best. She accidentally found her way into the Sea of Thieves and quickly reunited with Amaranta. Lady Juliana knows nothing of pirated. So, to try and make their relationship stronger, Amaranta hires the players to train her so she can ultimately win a battle in the arena and cement their love. So, if you haven't played Sea of Thieves RPG tabletop book, then you're missing out on this ebook. This is a new way to play. This is going to be a tale that you can pick up over at Mongoose Publishing whenever they decide to have it in stock because it's an ebook and you run out of copies. So I bought this, but I haven't been able to read it. And apparently, this is an arena adventure for the Sea of Thieves uh, tabletop game. And this is the story behind it. And I wanted to read this to you because I'm really interested in the lore behind this. Because as you know, Amaranta is someone who has been of particular interest during the time that we were trying to uncover the masked stranger as we were trying to find out who she was and uh, Wanda she came from. So I... I'm looking. I'm interested for this for two reasons. One, this is the second um, homosexual relationship that we have in the Sea of Thieves lore. The first one that we know about is Nine Cats, Nura, and uh, Diving Bell, which are still two people from the Sea of Thieves book that uh, or Tale of Sea of Thieves that have not been brought to the game. That I really, really, really want to to get into the game. So there's a question uh, that was posed to me by one of the reviews that I got in this week. Um, so developed ant 72. This is the answer to that question on what I want to see come to the Sea of Thieves the most. Um, I want to see uh, Diving Bell and Nine Cats Nura make it to the game eventually i want to see their 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 them in the game i want to be able to find out more about their lori i want them uh brought into the story so that's the first couple this is the second couple that we have found on the seas and bear in mind we don't know too many couples in sea of thieves we know of uh george and um oh man oh i forgot her name uh rose <laughs> It's in the title, Wild Rose, the Tall Tale. So we know of Wild Rose uh, and, and George and, and their love story of how we reunited their spirits uh, after freeing the charms and uh, their souls so they could, you know, anyway, go play that tall tale. It's really good. Uh, so we know that that couple and that is a, 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 uh, um, a male, female uh, couple. And then we have uh, two lesbian relationships, the Nine Cats Nura and Diving Bell, which rare, please bring to the game. I really want to meet these characters in game. And now we have Amaranta, who we suspected might have been the masked stranger for some time after she went missing uh, during the time that the uh, Reaper's hideout was being built. And her um, mole matched up with the mole on the mask, which I still want to get into about that. Uh, but anyway, so she is now in love with Lady Juliana, who is a completely new character to the Sea of Thieves lore, and we have no clue who she is, but I really want to know about her being politically connected, because her being politically connected might be a way for us to understand some of the trade agreements for the Grand Maritime Union, who could possibly has has finally been mentioned in game so we know that that the grand maritime union is something that uh mike chapman does want to bring into sea of thieves at some point and they are the original trade faction that was ruling outside of the sea of thieves um compared to the the merchant alliance in fact the merchant alliance was crafted as a result of the opposition for the grand maritime union uh when um merchant um oh man molly i think it was molly who came in uh in the comics there's actually a really nice uh comic that that dives into the uh the the actual creation 
of the trade companies. Um, and, and actually, I won't have time to dive into it this week, but there's a really nice kind of um, breakdown of the order of souls on the website. I'll see if I can grab the link and toss it in there. If you want to read through uh, the history of the order of souls um, in, in the Sea of Thieves, uh, Rare actually put out a spotlight on, on that trade company for order of souls. Uh, it lists all the different um, order of souls vendors on all of the different outposts. It was kind of nice to see. Uh, but anyway, getting back to what I was talking about. So if Lady Juliana is um, royalty, which is implied by lady or, or being a lady, you know, married to, to a duke or I don't, I don't know how that loyalty or royalty stuff works. So I have a democracy and I'm not going to get into it. Uh, I'm, I'm too ignorant to get into it. Let me just say that. Um, so Lady Juliana is a new character. She's politically well connected and having a, oh, <laughs> it even said royal in the, in the bedchamber, which um, that's probably the best way you could possibly stay that kind of relationship <laughs> for for that so I, I do appreciate that and uh i, I really want to know um if this is something that we're going to see in sea of thieves because i still haven't gotten a chance to play the tabletop game because obviously with quarantine uh or not quarantine but stay at home orders for california they're pretty strict about us going out to do stuff uh to socialize with people and honestly i haven't thought about doing it online yet i haven't worked that out or, or talked to anyone that wants to dive into it uh, but i do want to and i've seen uh there was a stream a while back that i i really should go and grab the uh, vod for of uh, a bunch of sea of thieves players who do tabletop gaming and they played sea of thieves now we already know that um freddie prince jr plays this uh that he even has like a big floor mat of the map uh and and it, it was kind of funny to see him tweet about that so I'm really interested to find out more about Juliana. Uh, the ebook is called Juliana's Heart. It's $11.99 uh, USD and I think uh, pounds, um, but it's out of stock, which again, I don't know how how hard it is to keep ebooks in stock, but whenever that's available, I'd like to actually pick that up. And there's another one too, uh, The Hunt for the White Lady, which is a, a story about the Shrouded Ghost in Merrick, which I think was the first expansion to the Sea of Thieves RPG book or RPG game that I that I probably didn't talk about in the past, but that's a, over on um, Mongoose Publishing as well too. So ho hopefully you guys, if this is your bag and you and you want to dive into it, uh, the the hunting, hunting the White Lady and Juliana's Heart are both out of stock right now. I'm not sure why. Uh, hopefully that that is something that can actually be delivered to me electronically with the ones and zeros that it, it takes i don't get it but anyway looking forward to diving into that just for the lore aspect of it uh, as we kind of learn a little bit more about how you're able to uh, learn about the rules that involve fighting in the arena on a tabletop game um, as well as modular damage to your ship now so those are, are definitely two things that are coming to the rpg series uh that that people if you're interested in that will get a kick out of um i think that's it as far as news so i'm going to take a quick break um drink the rest of my coffee and i think i'm going to do the reviews for this uh last week so let's get into it All right, so I make content and you guys review it, and I appreciate that because over on iTunes, it matters whatever the rating is and how many reviews it has because it pushes it up the directory to let people know that if you're searching for a Sea of Thieves uh, podcast, that mine will generally pop up pretty high on the list because I'm... Well, for one, I'm the one that's actually still active, but there's a lot of content in there that comes up when you search sea of thieves that is so old and out of date that it properly does not it, it does not reflect the game in its current state and it's a travesty that they are still allowed to be put next to my podcast and the only reason i say that is because of the five-star reviews that you guys give me so developed ant 72 wrote in uh with a review says love it this show is your one-stop destination for all of the happenings on the sea. The host, Captain Logan, covers everything from news to community events and can help you learn what's going on in the world of Sea of Thieves without having to completely be plugged into every social media. He's a great, reliable guy who genuinely cares about a show, his community, and the game. I love the show. Keep on doing what you're doing. 
Logan, thank you very much, Developed Dan. Oh, and uh, P.S., what is your favorite ship livery, and what is the thing you most wanting to be added to Sea of Thieves? So my favorite ship livery is a really, really tough question for me to uh, to answer because it's a little bit of everything. So I love the spinal figurehead with the Killer Instinct uh, cannons. I really like the Cursed Sails skeleton capstan, and I really like the Pirate Legend wheel. As far as the actual liveries and sails go, uh, that's tougher because I change it all the time. But I would have to say that the sails I generally like looking at are the gold reaper bones ones that were available in the Emporium. And for for the livery itself, gosh, that's it's really hard because I like a lot of them. I will probably defer to the rogue sea dog for now. I think that's just kind of like it's it's my OG favorite one. Like that was the one that kind of came out and everyone kind of gravitated towards that one because it was the coolest looking one compared to the gold hoarder uh, or no, what was it the admiral? The no, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the gold hoarder one. We had the which was gold and yellow. Uh, we had the order of souls, which was the rogue sea dog set. And then we had the merchant alliance one, which I'm blanking out on uh, for some reason. But yeah, I would probably have to say the rogue sea dog uh, liveries, but it changes all the time. And every time there's a new cosmetic that comes out, it's hard to, to put it up against all the other ones that I have because Rare has done such a good job of continuously upping the ante when it comes to new cosmetics. Like seriously, the, the Omen set for Gears of War is awesome. It's really awesome. But at the same time, compare that to the Conquer uh, set that came out in the Emporium. Really, really good. It's really good. And as much as I hate the Splashtail set, I, I cannot deny it is a well designed set it looks really really intricate and i hate it because it's all ruby splash tail junk oh anyway moving on to the last review that i got this week uh the best sea of thieves podcast by miles is online this is the best sea of thieves podcast around it's also the only sea of thieves podcast around but that doesn't take away from how great this one is the host is top notch he's personable and genuine sea of thieves isn't a game that has a ton of regular news and due to that this show could easily be monthly regardless the host finds new and interesting topics both community and game related to talk about each week 10 out of 10 would recommend and if i can just say miles online thank you so much because you're 100 right i had uh, a lot of thought going into this year when rare had talked about cutting back on the number of videos that they were going to produce uh about whether or not i was going to have to figure out if i was going to continue being weekly and a lot of it came down to one the community uh, a lot of people out there are not getting the attention that i think they should and i'm trying to boost their signal uh by giving you guys good uh, vetted content creators that I think are awesome that I would love to see you guys support because I think that they're good people. I think they're genuinely good people. And I think that they deserve, uh, the attention that, that, um, that they should get from, from you, the listener, because you're probably out there wanting to look at good or watch good streams or listen to good content or check out really good crafters or designers or anything really. And when I find that and I feel it's comfortable, if, if I like it, then I want to present it to you because I feel like my tastes are pretty picky when it comes to Sea of Thieves. Uh, and, and I like to make sure that, uh, people are, presented with really good content. So I appreciate you um, noticing that the community matters when it comes to this podcast. But yeah, I, I definitely, if not for the community, I don't think I'd be doing this as frequently because it would be really tough to, to talk about the game when we're getting content updates. I mean, granted, we are getting content updates a lot, but it is a very niche game. And because of that, this podcast is pretty niche itself. And I may not have a huge viewership because it's basically gay or it's, it's mainly based on the game, but 
the people that do listen to it, you guys are the best. You guys are absolutely the best. Um, I've been posing, I've been thinking a lot about the idea of how I can try and support the costs for the podcast. Um, if you guys follow me over on Twitch, you may have noticed that I, I took a month off from streaming and a lot of it was because I felt like it was tough to want to get in front of the camera which is funny because I used to act. So it's hard to understand why I would do that, but I guess everyone needs a break. And I started streaming uh, uh, Ghost of Tsushima because that came out and I've been really enjoying that. By the way, if you guys have a PlayStation and you like samurai movies and you want to play a samurai game, it's a pretty good game. I'm not going to lie. It is definitely indicative of the the time that it was designed from like 2006 to 2020. Uh, it's, it's definitely got some of those trappings of like open world adventure game with RPG elements, but it's really good. And I would definitely, I would definitely agree with the IGN score. I think they gave it a, a nine out of 10. So I, I would definitely say, uh, it's worth the, worth the 60 bucks for me. I, I, I even booted up, uh, what is it called? PS, PS play, PS remote play. I can't remember what it's called. I don't really think about it that much. Um, ps4 remote play yeah i found that app and i booted it up because i wanted to play it in bed instead of having to boot up the 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 system and, and all that jazz so but yeah um what was i going on about i just went on this weird tangent streaming i was talking about streaming so yeah i've been streaming that um when ashen winds comes comes back i'll probably be jumping on that but to get to the point that i was making about all of this um i've been thinking about starting up a patreon and the only reason I even kind of question the idea is because of how much it costs for the software that I use each month um, with the Adobe programs that I use to kind of piece this all together, uh, as well as the time investment uh, that I make each week for for the content. So I've been thinking about doing that. The biggest problem that I run into is trying to find time to build uh, bonuses for different tiers and if that's even something you guys would want. So. I kind of want to leave it up to you guys. Um, do you like the idea of having a Patreon? Do you think a Patreon uh, for this show is something that you would like to support? If it is, um, let me know. And if you can think of like bonuses that you would like from me, uh, give me ideas because uh, I, I want to do something that I think you guys would actually want to do. So the more I think about it, the more I want to pose it to you. What would you want from a Patreon from me uh, that I would be able to, to try and present for you if that's something that you want? And if not, don't even worry about it. Forget we even talked about this because it's not it's not that big of a deal. I can live with uh, making this however I make it and just trying to get you guys some content out there. Uh, I will say that I have really enjoyed the the Robots Radio podcasts that I've been listening to from that network. Um, great folks over there making some really great content, and I'm, I couldn't be happier with that with that change to uh, to that. So I hope you guys are enjoying the the podcast ads and that you're getting some value out of those because. Uh, I, I do like those shows as well, too. I've been listening to a bunch of them. And um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode. I think we made an episode. Guys, you helped me make a podcast. Thank you. And with that, uh, if you want to get a hold of me, there's a lot of ways that you can do it. You can mostly reach me on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. That's Captain Logan. Uh, you can always reach me on the Discord. Uh, just head over to the show notes, grab the actual um, Discord link and join up on the Keelhaul Discord. And um, where else? Oh, uh, email c a p t l o g u n at gmail.com. Uh, I had someone write in asking if uh, I had thought about getting pace and kebabbles uh, onto the, the actual show. Um, I will say that back in January, I reached out formally through email to pace. Uh, I wrote him a, an email basically asking if he would be nice enough to come on to the podcast to talk about tucking back when tucking was a very interesting topic to talk about. Never heard back from him. So I'm going to assume that they don't want to be on the show. Um, Kebabbles, I don't know. So I haven't really talked to him at all 
but uh, I'm probably going to hold off on that uh, due to recent events with the whole uh, streamer strife thing that, that I was talking about this episode. So those doors in my mind are pretty much shut. Uh, even though one of them is a Sea of Thieves partner, I, I've got other Sea of Thieves partners that I can definitely bring onto the show and want to bring onto the show to talk about Sea of Thieves and present their content to you. Um, couple of them I need to make sure I, I get in touch with and talk about language because, uh, again, kind of goes back to me wanting to be this, uh, to be a family-friendly show. So um, I will probably have to talk to them before we actually sit down to record to make sure that's okay. Uh, with that, I think that's going to do it. Um, I, I love you guys. I really appreciate uh, that you guys can, can do this. Um, actually, before I go, you guys are never going to believe this, but... Um, I just found out just now, literally just now, uh, that I actually got put into the, the, the pool for Loot Crate. So you guys know I've had some issues with Loot Crate in the past. Uh, we dealt with the whole Sea of Thieves thing when they were offering the, uh, the book stand or no, what is it? Bookends? Yeah. The, the, the skeleton galleon get attacked, getting attacked by the Kraken bookends back in July of 2019. And it took, um, um, two months for them to get us our crates. And that was because they were filing for bankruptcy protection and then they got bought out by a new company. So the new company, uh, are, are out there. And because of the robots radio podcast network, um, I've been in put into that actual, um, that actual pool of people who can actually get loot crates, uh, to get a discount. So, um, if you guys want to subscribe to loot crate, uh, it's a monthly gamer subscription for geeks and gamers. You can do that by clicking the link in the show notes and using the code robots radio at checkout. So, um, it's, it's really awesome that, uh, if you guys want to do this for me, if you guys want to support, uh, me personally, you will help me do that. If you go into the show notes, click the link and use the code robots radio. If you don't use the link that I give you, uh, I won't get credit for any of the sale. Like it won't help me at all. Um, but just using the link in the show notes um, and the checkout code, those two things will get you a good discount on Loot Crate. So if you try it, let me know how you how you do it. I haven't. I just got. The, I literally just got this information. So I will be going there and actually checking it out. Um, the way I get credit is because the link itself has Keelhauled in the in the URL. So um, that's how they'll know that I actually uh, did it. So yeah, that's that's important. But anyway, sorry. I'm really excited. I I, I have my first <laughs> I have my first sponsor link, and I didn't even realize. It and it's at the end of the episode, which is going to do me great, great uh, come up. And I don't know what that's going to do for me, but anyway, I, I got to end this episode because I still have to edit it and get it out to you folks. So I'm really happy about this. Uh, I love you guys, and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.